Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first 2015 edition of the International Big Footy Podcast. And with me this morning, or last night if you're in the United States, I'm talking to Brent Fisher, uh, the president of the Minnesota Freeze. Good morning, or good evening. Good evening, Jason. <laughs> mildly confusing there, but I'm sure people can work out for themselves the, the uh, 15 hour time difference. Brent, uh, how long have you been president for? Uh, just a few months now. I was uh, elected back in, I think it was April, so I'm just a couple months in. Um, Brent, how did you get involved? Because, I mean, you're clearly an American. So my story is a bit unique. You know, obviously, talking to me and listening to my accent, uh, you would think I'm an American, and I am. But I'm actually, I actually was born in Australia uh, and lived there until I was 14. Uh, when I'm, so the accent's faded over time. Uh, and faded a little bit intentionally just to kind of fit in and not, uh, you know, not always be the the butt of jokes and, you know, and whatnot. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, yeah, I grew up playing it since I could remember, since I could walk. I was I was born in Melbourne, um, so, you know, it's a religion down there. Yep. Uh, so once I uh, – the ironic thing is once I moved to the States, I moved here in 2002 – and uh, just didn't even think that footy would exist over here, so I never sought it out. And so it actually took me 10 years to find the freeze and to find the USAFL that it even existed. Um, all I would have had to do is probably type it into Google and I would have found it, but I was just under the assumption that there was no way that it would be here. So, uh, so that's basically how I got involved. Actually, one of my friends uh, from law school told me about this rugby team and to check him out, and, you know, I told him I wasn't really interested in rugby, but I'd check it out and come to find that it's actually a footy team, so uh, kind of a roundabout way, um, and, you know, really glad I found it, because, you know, footy was was my life for 14 years, um, and, you know, even away, even living over here was my life, even though I wasn't playing it, um, so it's good to, good to find it in Minnesota. <laughs> So you played junior footy in Melbourne? I actually never played organized footy in Melbourne. Um, I moved to Sydney when I was seven and played some there, but um, it was one of those things where I just played in the backyard and, you know, at at every opportunity possible. But when I lived in Melbourne, my mom uh, didn't want me – you know, playing tackle sports or anything like that. And then and then when I moved to Sydney, I went to an all-boys school that had a very strict, uh, like, sport policy. So they uh, – I was basically forced to play rugby or soccer or, you know, whatever other sports they offered. Um, so I didn't play a lot of organized footy, actually, until I came to the U.S. So it's kind of ironic that it happened that way. But, I mean, I was playing every day, just not on an organized footy team. That makes it even more impressive for mine. So, the Minnesota Freeze, I'm given to understand from my reading that it's one of the, the larger clubs in the United States uh, football uh, competition. Is, is, how, how big is the Minnesota Freeze? Like how many clubs, how many players, that sort of thing? Yeah, so we, uh, we have a men's and a women's team, and typically, we set, uh, in the last few years, we've sent two, team, two men's teams to nationals. Um, and usually a bit over one team uh, on the women's side. So I think we have, 
you know, over about over 50 men registered and, uh, uh, you know, frequently playing for the freeze. And on the women's side, it's probably over 40. Uh, it fluctuates a little bit, and the women also do a kind of more recreational footy earlier in the season. So their numbers are probably higher for that uh, than they are for the USAFL and Nationals. Um, but all in all, yeah, we're probably a bit over 100 uh, people in terms of players and then uh, lots of other great people, clubmen and club women who you know are integrally involved in uh, the day-to-day operations. Okay, do, do you run a, like, is it just 18 a side or is it 9 a side? Like, do you run a Metro footy comp like some of the US sides do or is it just straight at 18 a side? Yeah, so um, as far as our Metro, we don't quite have a Metro league yet. We usually play, we usually have enough numbers at uh, Saturday training that we run a Metro with 18s a side. Uh, or sometimes over 18s, we just usually would play with whoever we have and don't like to run a bench. Um, so that's on the men's side. We play a Metro every week. Uh, we'd like to get to the point where we actually have a league and, you know, more than two teams. Uh, but we kind of have our own little format for how we run that. But it's it's usually really only two teams for that. And then on the women's side, they run some rec uh, footy uh, earlier in the season. Uh, I know they have kind of a more of a league set up for that. Um, and then later on in the season, they shift more towards a model of preparing for nationals. Um, so yeah, it's it's really uh, we don't quite have a league yet, but we're we're getting closer to the numbers that it would take for that. Um, so, but as for right now, we kind of just play within within the club. And how many of those would be Australian? Do you think, or expats? Actually, very few. Um, Probably 25% at most would be my guess. Um, it's funny because at Nationals, they have the designation for non-national, um, which actually encompasses anybody who's not, I think it's American or Canadian. Um, and we have we get disadvantaged because we have some Irishmen on our team. We have some, uh, we have a guy from Laos, uh, we have people from different countries, so sometimes the other internationals outnumber the uh, Australians. So um, we actually, you know, by the numbers, don't have that many Australians. We're a very uh, American club, uh, which is nice, and I think, you know, many people in our club are proud of that, that we're uh, not just a bunch of expats fresh off the fresh off the plane, you know, kind of... Um, you know, with their skills fully intact, we have to kind of develop our players more. Um, and I think in some ways we take pride in that. What, what sort of field do you play on? Do you have an access to an oval or do you combine rugby fields or soccer fields or do you just play on a park with the outline? Do you, do you have any facility at all? Yeah, no, I, w- I wish we had an oval. Um, and that's something that we're working for eventually here. Uh, hopefully try and hook up with the uh, cricket community and see what we can do as far as uh, getting into the the park uh, and recreation board and seeing what we can do there. Uh, but, yeah, we pretty much play on the – we have a field over by Lake Nokomis, uh in Minneapolis, and we basically play uh, 
basically it's a bunch of softball fields that share the same outfield. So it's a big enough green space that we can basically put our field in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're pretty much setting up the field. Uh, every time we play, uh, we got our own goalposts that we, you know, uh, bang into the ground. We lay out our cones and, uh, yeah, we set up the field from there. So it's pretty, uh, pretty uh temporary at the moment but we're trying to push towards something more permanent uh but minnesota it's not the biggest sport here in minnesota definitely so uh that's something we're pushing for and we'll see if we can get any traction yeah so how many how many uh games a year would would your teams play i know i noticed uh recently you played des moines i think uh, last weekend right yep uh so we usually on the men's side we play uh, typically Des Moines twice a year, Chicago twice a year. Sometimes there's a Milwaukee, Madison, Wisconsin, uh, kind of team, uh, put together that we play. Uh, traditionally we always played Kansas city twice a year and that's kind of dropped off in recent years, but we're hoping to kind of rekindle that rivalry. Um, so usually like in the regular season, we'll play, uh, five, six, seven, eight-ish games, um, usually with a, a tournament or two mixed in, which gets us some extra games and hopefully against some teams that we wouldn't otherwise play. Uh, this year we're actually playing Denver uh, at home, and that's going to be uh, the men's and women's teams. Uh, tr- the Bulldogs are traveling to Minnesota to play us in August. Uh, which uh, is really cool because it'll be the first women's home game for the freeze. Uh, you know, usually the women are just kind of playing against each other, um, and it's tough to find a, a women's team in the area with enough numbers to travel to us. So that'll be uh, kind of a, a piece of Minnesota history as uh, we have the first women's home game here. I assume uh, the number of games you play is pretty much restricted to uh, proximity is, is, right. that, is that the case? So it's, it teams closer to you, then. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And we're trying to we're trying to branch out as much as we can. But you know, there's the obvious uh, obstacles of of money and time. Uh, you know, if you're traveling for a weekend game, most people are working on Friday and have to be back on Monday. Um, so yeah, we're trying to we're hoping to maybe get some games together with Calgary in the near future. Um, Denver, we're hoping to keep that going, so we'll pro- we'll likely travel to them next year, and then try and keep that going back and forth. But yeah, largely you're really restricted by proximity. Um, I know the USAFL is trying to do their best to get more regional tournaments set up. Uh, so I know we have the uh, USAFL Central Regional Tournament this year, which is actually in Racine, Wisconsin. Um, so not too far from us, and that'll be a good opportunity to play some of the uh, other teams that are a bit further away, uh, but we can all kind of meet in one spot and get a few games in in one weekend. How did you go at the Nationals last year? Uh, Nationals last year on the men's side, uh, we were in Division One for the first time in freeze history, which was which was, uh, you know, a good experience for the boys. Um, I think some some of us, some of uh, the people within the club weren't expecting us to get elevated, um, and it was kind of a last-minute uh, thing, uh, you know, once the USAFL gets together and selects who's in what division. Uh, but it actually turned out 
uh, pretty well. We ended up winning one game and losing two, um, which we saw as a success. Just, uh, you know, we've traditionally been a Division two team on the men's side. Um, so to go up to Division one and get a victory was, uh, was good. So we beat Denver. Um, and then we lost to Orange County, and we lost to <clears throat> the Austin Crows. Um, but we, I think we had pretty decent performances in both of those games. Um, not not and, bad considering Orange County finished second in the competition. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that that Orange County team was a good a good one, and yeah. Austin too. Um, they finished until fifth, Austin, just above you. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and then you know beating Denver. I mean, they're a perennial powerhouse in the USAFL. So um, you know they probably had a down year by their standards, but you know we'll take a win against the Denver Bulldogs any day. Yeah, you can't complain. I mean, they finished fourth, uh, right. ranked overall. So you guys were uh, ranked sixth according to uh, the stuff I'm looking at here. So right. That, the, to, to beat uh, Colorado, uh, sorry, Denver, who finished fourth, and the Crows, who finished above you, and Orange County finished above you, you had a, you had a tough call. Right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's what was great about the whole experience is, you know, when you're playing in Division One, it's just a higher level of competition, and whether you, you're going to win the title or not, that's, I mean, in my opinion, where you want to be playing. You know, you want to play against the best. you got to beat the best to be the best. Um, so it was a good step for our club. Uh, we also had a team in Division Four, which was a good experience to get you know everybody some playing time. Um, I think they teamed up with maybe some Kansas City players and maybe a few other uh, players from clubs that couldn't really form teams. Um, so on the men's side, it was it was you know a successful nationals, a big step up um, and a bit of an adjustment. But, um, you know, we're hoping to build on that and be kind of a perennial Division One club. So how did the women go, Brent? The women uh, actually had a great nationals. Uh, kind of came up short of their goal, I think, going in. I think their goal coming into nationals was to uh, make the final and play the Denver Bulldogs, uh, who pretty much find themselves in the women's final every year. Uh and so I think their goal was to get there and then, you know, hopefully knock them off. They actually ended up coming up just short. Uh, we actually sent almost two full teams, uh, two full women's teams uh, to nationals last year. Um, and the kind of top team, the Minnesota Blue, we call them, they uh, played their first game against a combined New York and Toronto team um, and actually beat them quite handily. Um, and then in the next game... Uh, I believe they played Sacramento uh, and and actually beat them quite handily too. Um, and it wasn't until the third and final game uh, that kind of their hopes were dashed. They played against a combined team of, uh, I know it was mostly San Francisco players. I think they had a few players from Arizona and Portland also, um, which actually turned out to be a really tough side. A couple of girls... I think uh, from Arizona were on the on the freedom, um, so they ended up facing you know kind of a combined side uh, that that turned out to be really tough. So they they lost narrowly to them and unfortunately missed out on the championship. Uh, but it was a great nationals in terms of uh, the number of players we sent down there, uh, and you know I think they'd be happy with the results generally. Um, and so what's nice about that is. Uh, 
this season they'll get to play the Denver Bulldogs in the regular season. Uh, as I said in the in the first home game uh, for the Freeze women in uh, Freeze history, uh, so they'll get a chance to play them in the regular season and then hopefully uh, meet them again uh, in the final at Nationals this season and uh, see if they can take that next step to be kind of the the best uh, the best women's team in the country. Now, come, uh, coming up, you've got the uh, 49th Parallel Cup, yep. and you've got the Nationals coming up in October. Right. Um, and the Nationals being held in Austin this year. That's right. And yep. <clears throat> that's right, I'm informed, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked it up or anything. <laughs> So and of course you've got the uh, and you've got the um, the parallel cup which is on the first of first uh, of August I think you said so yes. uh, sorry it'll be July thirty first apparently so there you are now you guys have a number of players named both for the freedom and the liberty the men's side hasn't been announced on uh, the USAFL website or anywhere else I can find um, right. What can you uh, tell me to? What, what can we expect from uh, your players going into this? Just, I'll, just, I'll read the names out for you. I'm sure you've got them to hand, but I'll read the names out for the people that are listening. Uh, it's Catherine Georgiadis, uh, Catherine Hoha, uh, Lauren Shelton, and Bree Thiessen. I hope I'm pronouncing those right, ladies. I'm sorry if I'm not, but uh, they're all named in the freedom side. Uh, Theresa Boyd, or Teresa Boyd rather, uh, Lizzie Evan, Becky Craft, and Terry Tupper are all named for the Liberty. Plus Kate Mullen on the Liberty. Thank you. Of course. Thank you very much. Um, Just one. Didn't didn't deliberately leave you out there, Kate. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So what what can we expect from... um, for a start, that's nine players out of 47 named for both sides. That's that's pretty good, given uh, you've got representatives from eight teams in that uh, in in that lineup, and nine of them belong to you. So, right, it's not not a bad uh, not a bad representative position there. What what can we expect from uh, the women? What can you tell us about them? Yeah, well, we've got a really great uh, kind of growing women's program. Um, you know, as I said earlier, we got plenty of numbers. You know, I think probably by participation, we're the biggest women's program in the country. Um, and, you know, these women being selected into those sides is, is showing that there's the quality as well as the quantity of players. Um, so I think almost all those names uh, played in the inter- International Cup, you know, back last year. Um, so they're all really high-quality players, um, some of them more veteran than others, some of them kind of brand new to the game. Um, so, I mean, I would expect all those women to kind of be key, play key roles in those teams um, and, you know, give the Canadians everything they got. Last year, Brent, you went to the International Cup, apparently. Um, how did that yes, go? Did. What was your experience like there? Oh, it was a it was a fantastic experience. Um, you know, I think the men's team didn't finish as well as we wanted to, uh, but you know, fantastic experience going down to Melbourne and um, you know all the different cultures and all the different countries uh, it was a really cool experience. Um, 
you know, we played teams. We played Finland. We played Nauru. We played uh, Fiji. We played our northern rivals, Canada. Uh, go figure. We travel all the way to Australia, and we still can't escape the Canadians. We we thought that was a bit bizarre in the fixturing. Yeah, it was, it, I mean, <laughs> we actually didn't appreciate it at all, you know, traveling that far just to play them. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll never turn down an opportunity to beat those guys. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic experience. Uh, you know, we sent, I think, five men and uh, even more women. I don't remember the exact number, like six or seven women uh, from the freeze. So that was really cool to, to represent mm-hmm. uh you know our club here, and then also uh, the the United States uh, there was, in there international was like, footy. There was like a hundred of you that went in the end because you sent two women's teams and a men's team in the end, and you all stayed in the one hotel or something, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Yeah, that would have been a yeah, fun it was trip. Really cool. Because <laughs> the Canadians yeah, it, did the was... same apparently, and they had a ball. Right. Yeah, I think that's I think that's kind of the way it went. You know, we play. We typically have development teams on the men's and women's side uh, when we play Canada. And I know on the women's side, I think they kind of figured, well, we got the numbers and we've got the interest. You know, why not send two teams? So, yeah, that ended up being two Canadian women's teams and two uh, American women's teams. Uh, So, yeah, big contingents from both the U.S. and from Canada at the International Cup. And how, how do you um, how do you rate the standard of the cup? Because you you having you know experienced football in Victoria, how do you right. rate the standard that you guys played at in the cup or normally as opposed to what you would have seen otherwise? Yeah, I was actually pleasantly surprised by the standard. Um, the, I mean, the men's team. Uh, speaking to the men's competition, there's just a huge range within the countries because you have teams like Papua New Guinea and uh, Ireland and also uh, New Zealand. Those are probably the top three teams, at least in my estimation. And those teams are at a very high level. You know, a lot of those teams uh, have uh, multiple teammates playing together in Australia and uh, playing at high levels. And then, you know, you got teams on the opposite end, like uh, we played Finland and just absolutely crushed them. Um, you know, I think like Indonesia and a couple, a couple of those other countries uh, kind of struggled. Uh, so I think a lot of it, you know, there's a massive range in terms of talent and ability. Um, and they could probably do a better job of not having the top teams play, you know, the teams yeah. on the other end of the spectrum because it just doesn't lend itself to really good footy or, you know, probably a good time for either team. Mm. Was it your first international cup, or had you been before? No, it was my first. Yeah, the other, the other four guys I went with from the freeze, they were all on at least their second, um, so they had quite a bit of experience. But it was, it was my first. How does the community view Australian football in particular? How, how you guys looked at how, how is um, what, what's the community response like? Yeah, I mean, I think the community response is probably typical for just uh, footy in the U.S. in terms of most people when they're first seeing it, whether they're walking by our practice or, uh, you know, walking by a game, they're pretty confused about what exactly is going on out there. Um, But it's it's really been pretty embraced. You know, we have so many Americans on our in our club, which 
um, you know, you expect a lot of the the better clubs in terms of Division One men's and you know the better women's programs. You expect them to have plenty of Aussies, and we and we do have Aussies, but you know, Minneapolis isn't exactly a huge hub for Australians coming over. Mm. Um, so it's you know we we really do a great job of getting Americans involved. Um, Minneapolis. And just the Twin Cities, Minneapolis and St. Paul, they're, uh, it's a very kind of active, outdoorsy uh, city. So whenever the weather's nice enough, everybody's out and about. So it's usually not too difficult to get people to try a new sport, get people to try something new. Um, so, you know, the community in general pretty much embraces the sport, uh, even if they might not understand it exactly. And no matter how many times they call it rugby. Mm. It, that you do get that confusion don't you oh all the time you know i have i have friends that i've explained it a million times and they still will accidentally call it rugby you know how is rugby training it's just you know at a certain point i stopped <laughs> correcting them but yeah they get the point i mean i think part of the issue is they don't understand what rugby is to then differentiate it from another sport that they don't know what that is well, that, uh so <laughs> that that leads me to is rugby uh played in Minneapolis or do they have a competition there or do they have a team or yeah I mean there I think there's rugby uh I haven't looked into it much to be honest but I know there's rugby leagues around here I know uh some of the colleges around here have rugby teams um every now and then uh we'll get a rugby player come out and, and join the club so we have a few rugby converts uh actually including our captain um and the the USA Revolution captain, at least he was, and I assume he will be going forward. He's actually a rugby convert too. Um, so yeah, there are leagues. Um, I don't know a whole lot about them, but um, it's you know rugby's probably more popular than footy in terms of the that they actually have leagues and not just one club. Um, but I don't see any reason why we can't get to that level and even surpass it in this market. If someone was wanting to be involved in uh, the freeze, or, or you know wanted to play, wanted to be involved at some level, how how would they go about that? Probably the best way is to look us up on our website. Uh, our website is mnfreeze.com. Um, you can go on there. There's a, a page, uh, new player information. Um, kind of gives you the info and also a, a contact. Uh, the contact details if you need to get in touch um players can just go on there and create an account which will kind of get them on our mailing list and get them included on you know all the all the key communications for the club um and then you know just come out to a training sometime all, all the info should be there um otherwise you can just shoot myself an email th through the contact form or you know anybody else in our club um but yeah come out try it once if you don't like it you know you don't have to come back but i mean of course you'll love it it's a great sport and it's a great club um so i i tell people to come once and then uh that usually takes care of itself from there you think these regionals are going to be successful why is it is it the logical step to take yeah i think it is just because uh you know like like i was talking about earlier it's it's uh 
you're really bound by proximity and uh, you know, both the kind of monetary and time constraints of playing teams on a weekend. Um, so I think this is the logical step to get those games in to really give you a good idea of who belongs in what division when you get to nationals. Um, I think so often in the past you would play, depending on the club, you know, they might play six games, but they wouldn't play a team uh, that was higher than division two. So it's, you know, for a team like that, it's really hard to evaluate where they belong. Um, so I think this is the next logical step to kind of give, give some more evidence or give some more, uh, you know, give, give the selectors an idea of where to place teams in divisions. And then also, you know, give teams a weekend of games, uh, to play some of those better teams. Um, and kind of see where they fit uh, when it all shakes out. Okay, and so where did you say the central uh, district, uh, the central regional tournament was going to be? It's uh, actually in Racine, Wisconsin, kind of a oh, yeah. a city oh, yeah. you'd probably never know of if this tournament wasn't there. <laughs> see, it's been held at the soccer complex there, so you'll be playing across soccer fields, I assume. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. Uh, that's my understanding too. Mm. You'd be be spewing because uh, the eastern regionals have been played on a cricket ground, apparently. Yeah, is that, is that the one down in Florida? Yeah, at uh, Central Broward Regional Park, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Everything I've heard about that uh, that ground is it's amazing. So mm. def- definitely jealous of that. Well, that's about wraps it up for us this morning. I've been talking to Brent. Fisher, the president of the Minnesota Freeze. If you would like to know more about the Minnesota Freeze, please contact them via the website at www.mnfreeze.com.